The dream economy is here. Are you coming? Welcome, my name is Katherine Morrison, and as I've coached countless online entrepreneurs into six, multiple six-figure and half-million-dollar businesses, I've learned a lot. One of the main things is that I'm not just here to help you create a high quantity of money. It's actually pretty easy. I'm here to help you do that through the highest quality money imaginable. That means activating and amplifying your unique frequency to take your being and form it into a magnetic, sharply differentiated brand that has clients dropping in out of the sky, salivating to work with you specifically, not someone who does that thing you do. I'm here to help you open the channel for the creation that wants to come through you, where growing your business and building demand comes from razor sharp business precision and business growth is always tied to an expansion of your pleasure. Expanding your mind and your nervous system to create more, receive more, and be bigger in visibility and impact in the world than your rational mind ever imagined possible. This isn't matrix business building. It's business building through soul ascension. This isn't just business coaching. This is the timeline to your destiny. Are you ready to play? Welcome to the Ascension Through Entrepreneurship podcast. Let's get started. How's it going? Katherine Morrison Coaching is about to birth a new baby, and we are so excited for you to meet her. The brand Alchemy Accelerator is coming, people. January 24th, mark your calendars. This course has been gestating for almost a year now. I have been, you know, in this process as I've helped so many of you guys scale to $10,000 months, six-figure businesses, multiple six-figure businesses. I have noticed such clear trends around people making that first initial transition into running a business. And if you don't have your brand, right? If you don't know who you are and what your unique frequency is and you don't know how to stop the scroll online, you're going to have trouble having a business. The Brand Alchemy Accelerator is the answer to that. And so many of you guys have been wanting support as you are coming into owning your business, getting ready to qualify for the mastermind. And I did not forget about you guys. This past year was major, major back end work to get the company set up for this because this is like infinite scale levels, right? This course is paradigm altering. And I love being a business coach and I love helping you guys make all the money. But the reason I love it so much is because of the method I teach. Because for a lot of my clients, making a lot of money isn't a new thing. And the big leap is learning to make large quantities of money that is of a very high quality. Not hustling and grinding to make money. Not feeling like you have to push or prove yourself online to your audience to get a sale. And as I reverse engineered what I was doing with my clients, I realized before we even ever worked on building crazy amounts of demand, which is what we really focus on in the mastermind, we had to first create a foundation of their brand first and foremost. Your brand as a solopreneur is you, your unique frequency. And if you don't start from that foundation, you end up building a commodity business that takes 50 times more work to just make a single sale. Like just believing the thought that you have to push to prove yourself creates the result of pushing to prove yourself. And it's just a mental construct. We deconstruct all of it, which then leads us to how deeply many people fear just being themselves will not be enough to create the results they want. And everything they build comes from this thought error deficit 
which is like running coal-fueled power to get things done. Create smog. Terrible for your health, not good for you or the environment, and definitely not good for running a business. So in the Brand Alchemy Accelerator, we throw all of that out the window, right? We go from, from that to, I don't know, it's like the Tesla, right? We unearth and uncover what your unique thing is and create cohesion around all of that and the frequency everywhere you show up. From the energy of your social media posts to the call to action at the end of every post, because with so many of you guys I see, you have thoughts about selling, right? You've got some weird energy around it. And so you can have a post online and the moment you switch to that, you get fucking weird. So we're going to take care of that. <laughs> to the clothes you wear, both while you're doing video and showing up with clients and also when you're just taking care of yourself and filming content, creating content, podcasts, writing, whatever, right? Like, are you taking care of yourself in your wardrobe? As well as your Zoom space, your office. You guys, there's even a module on exploring the intonation of your voice and your posture in videos. You guys know I'm fucking detail oriented <laughs> and I did not miss one thing. I have thought through every single angle in a way and then distilled it down to the absolute essence of everything that you need to know. So to be super clear, this isn't so that you can be perfect so that then people will buy from you. It's to explore where you're operating from static and thought errors, and weird stuff that you just picked up. <laughs> from your family of origin or, you know, your second grade teacher, whatever it is, right? That feels awful to live and operate in and disconnects you from your audience so that you can just seriously, like time and time again, my clients say that it feels like coming home, right? Their body just relaxes into their business. Their marketing feels like they just relax into their unique energy band and it's resting into that unique je ne sais quoi and building a business from that differentiated place. Now, this is a really good place to segue into today's podcast because we're covering something a little different today. I'm going to talk to you guys about my spiritual awakening. So this will be more of a personal episode, but what's interesting is that my spiritual awakening was really more of a reawakening. I have always been really sensitive to energy and it's so fascinating to watch because my daughter has this exact same gift and it's so interesting to watch adults around her kind of squirm when she's able to read something within them that they know to be true but have not said out loud. And for me, when I was little, I could always do that. I could always read exactly what was happening around me. I knew when someone was smiling on the outside but desperately lonely on the inside, I knew if I walked into a room and some adults had been arguing, right? I could always sense the energetic residue of the charge the moment I walked into the room, even as a kid. I even remember as an employee at my last job, I reported to the chief client officer and I sold these big software deals. And when he sat me down for my annual review, he started by asking me, how do you do it? And I was like, well, how, do I, how do I do what? What do you mean? And I was genuinely confused what he was asking because, of course, the things that come so innately to us that are so easy aren't even things we have to think about doing, right? So me making the course was me having to pull everything out of my brain that's just like unconsciously how I've created the success, right? It's just our being. And one of my innate talents I was always doing was reading the energy of my clients when I worked as an employee. Like if they were saying words to me, but the energy behind them didn't match, I knew there was something up that was about to happen with the account. My boss called it setting the table. 
He said, I was able to see so many moves ahead of what was coming and I could adjust in real time on our end to keep the deal on track, right? So that like what could have blown up and become a problem never even became a problem. Like we would become aware of it later and it happened enough times that people were like, what is happening? But I could always just read what was happening in my accounts. And so I can so clearly see now I was just reading the energy, which gave me an edge on all of the other salespeople who were just operating on interpreting words, right? Like face value that a client said. I didn't need words because I could tap into the energetic field behind the words. And the only reason I needed the words at all was to see if there was something incongruent between the words that they were saying and the energetic field behind them. Now, I think a lot of this can be explained by science, right? Like studies say anywhere between 70 to 90% of communication is actually nonverbal. And so a really grounded way of saying it would be, I have extremely high emotional intelligence. Like I feel like every place I worked at as an employee, that was always feedback I got was how high my emotional intelligence was or that I'm detail oriented and can read people. So I can pick up on subtle things that other people don't. But the more I do this work, the more I feel like there's things that come through me, knowings I have that venture beyond this, that venture beyond anything my rational mind can understand. And so much of my journey of my spiritual awakening was releasing my attachment to only being able to believe things that my very strong A plus student mind that went through the school system and did very well could scientifically explain. Because at the root of it, I am very spiritually gifted. I am a mystic. And what's really fascinating is that even as a little kid, I felt drawn to mysticism and even to witchcraft, not in the way we understand it in mainstream culture, where witches are evil and wear pointy hats and cast spells over cauldrons, (laughs) but I felt drawn to nature growing up and to ritual and to a connection to something as a child I didn't even have language for. And to my mom's credit, she was so amazing. She actually, I remember her taking me to the bookstore, like as an eight-year-old. And I went over to the, like the Wicca shelf, I think in the early 1990s, I think the world was very different in terms of the spiritual development. And she bought me books. Of course, she didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. And it was, these were, these were books for adults, not for eight-year-olds. So of course I never did anything with them, but she bought me incense. And as a small child, I intuitively made myself an altar in my room. And then lo and behold, not too long after that, who moves into my neighborhood? Then a woman named Claudia. And she had two small children, one who is my exact same age. And her name was Elizabeth. And now this was exciting for a couple different reasons. The first one was that Elizabeth was the only girl on the street who was my age. And we really got along. But the other thing was that her mother, Claudia, was different. Claudia was spiritual She burned candles and had long hair and felt a connection to the earth that I found deeply inspiring as a kid who loved the earth. Like you guys, I owned a book of animal paw prints and that's what I did for fun. I would go into the woods and track animals by myself as a (laughs) seven-year-old. I was obsessed with Claudia. I loved going over to their house and just basking in her energy. But coming back to how I could always read the energy of a space, there was always this other energy. And I, because I was a kid, I didn't quite understand what was happening. There was like a dark energy that existed in that house that always made me feel uneasy. And I learned later that the husband was abusive, both to Claudia and to the children. And I always felt the undercurrent of it, even as a kid. 
And it was that the weirdest mix of energy, like the sacred calm presence with this dark foreboding cloud always over it. And one night when I was over there, Claudia had basically a breakdown and she shaved her head. And as a little kid, this was really scary for me. And after that, I wasn't allowed to go over there. That house and the people in it became black sheep on the street. They didn't fit into the cookie cutter suburban mold that everyone else was conforming into. And I totally saw like Claudia was judged for being weird. She was made fun of for being different and generally just not accepted within the community. And I mean, what else do we as humans want but to be accepted into our communities? And I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be abandoned by the tribe. And so I started to squash unconsciously, right? But I started to squash all of the parts of myself that felt extremely drawn to her. And I started doing my darndest to just conform to the cookie cutter suburban mold I saw modeled and all of the smiling on the outside, miserable on the inside step for families around me. And then life just sort of went on its merry way. I always performed really well in school. And I saw that got me attention, so I cultivated that. To be honest, I wasn't even aware that I was suppressing all of my spiritual gifts and connection. Like you guys, when I came into coaching from tech, I was a self-proclaimed atheist. I had formerly been raised as a Catholic as a kid, and this was during the era when all of the sex scandals and issues were really coming to a head. And I started to judge all of religion and God based on that. I felt betrayed, so I turned my back. I threw out the baby with the bathwater. Now, fast forward so many years to the chapter of being an atheist employee working in tech. And then my mom calls me one night and asks me if I would go to Hawaii with her on a yoga retreat with my sister. Now, fun fact, I don't like or do yoga, but I love my mom. And I loved the idea of being on Hawaii with her. So I said, yes. And I went with my mom and two sisters to this retreat. Now, looking back from my perspective now, I can see that the vibe of this retreat was actually pretty spiritual light. They weren't trying to get me to build an altar or pushing any particular perspective. So I was skeptical, but open. Like I would sort of roll my eyes at the namastes, but I did them. And then on the last day, I think it had just warmed me up just enough. I had done enough namastes that I was like, all right, maybe I can get into this, right? And this guy led this yoga class. And then at the end, he had everyone come close together, row by row, and then led us in a group meditation. Keep in mind, I, at that point, had never meditated. I didn't meditate regularly. I had no sort of practices. And I judged earthy, crunchy people. remember how I was squashing all those parts of myself, right? But the sun and the waves and the stretching had me in this receptive state. So I was open. And during that meditative practice, I don't honestly remember what he was talking about or saying, but at the end, he asked us all to put our hands out towards the next person in front of us, not touching them, but close. And for the first time I could remember, I felt an energy field with my hands. It felt almost like what I imagine a magnetic field feels like for a magnet, and it cracked my brain completely open. It was one of those moments where you question everything you have ever believed to be true about yourself and the universe, right? I wasn't someone who was interested in Reiki, and I was intentionally going to study it, right? I was an atheist on Hawaii with my mom. (laughs) I'm like, what is this energy field? And afterwards, I asked my mom and sisters what they thought about it, like the experience of feeling the energy field, and they hadn't felt it. 
And I was so confused and I was so curious as to what the hell I had just felt. Now, what happened next won't be surprising to any spiritual listeners because synchronicity is such a huge marker to look for. But keep in mind, I was an atheist tech worker who had just felt an energy field, right? So I, was, I had flown from Hawaii and I was in LA waiting for my connecting flight back to Austin. And I was just kind of Googling around stuff about energy. And I found the words prana and chi for the first time, life force energy. I had never heard of these words before, and then here I am, an atheist, reading about life force energy. It sounded weird, and it made me uncomfortable, so I closed my phone, and I got on the airplane. Then I sit down at my seat on the airplane, and who is sitting next to me but a woman reading a book on prana. Now, you guys, I may not have known about synchronicity, but even as a skeptical atheist, I was like, what is happening? So I spent the flight talking to her. And at first, you know, I feel like she was, we were in conversation. I was very interested in what it was that she was learning about. And it was, I was open, right? I was skeptical, but I was open. And then I don't remember exactly what she said, but at some point the conversation turned and it went too far. Like her belief system went too far for my rational mind. It had no hook into. And then I was like, oh, this lady's, this lady's crazy. Don't want to talk to this lady anymore. So what is so funny is that even though my rational mind was like, this lady's crazy, don't talk to her anymore. I also simultaneously believed that she could read energy and that she felt my field shut down. And then I felt really uncomfortable the rest of the flight because I'm like, she definitely knows what just happened, right? So it's just so funny that even though my rational mind was saying that, I had a conflicting thought that was like, no, this is definitely true and she can read it. So anyway. I then went, that was the end of the flight. I get off the flight and I went back to my job at the tech company and I told a few people about my experience of feeling the energy field and meeting this woman on the plane and they all made fun of me. Like they would jokingly pretend to throw Dragon Ball Z power balls at me. And so even though I knew what I had felt and I did feel a lot more open than I had prior, I didn't have a community. I didn't have people that I knew. Like there was just nothing around me and it wasn't like... It wasn't significant enough, right? Like feeling an energy field is innocuous enough that it's not like you have to blow up your whole life, right? So I just sort of went on with my life. I let it rest, but there was a crack that hadn't been there before, an opening and an openness that wasn't there before around what was happening on this earth and how maybe there was more than I could see with my eyes. And then as time was passing in my job, I was increasingly aware of how out of integrity and alignment I was with myself. And as many people do, I then learned about coaching and decided to do coach training. I wanted to help other people find their purpose and coaching felt like a way to do it. And as I came into exploring my belief systems and thoughts, I started trying out different practices and I came across Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way and began doing morning pages, a practice she recommends where you basically freeform journal three full pages first thing in the morning. And I can't remember if it was the first day I did it or sometime during the first week. I want to say it was the first day I ever did it. But I was doing the practice. I had gotten up super early before anyone else in the house was awake. And I was just freeform journaling. And I would enter what I think most people would call flow state, but what many spiritual people would then categorize as channeling, tapping into something else. 
And because I was in that flow, I wasn't even aware until the paragraph was almost complete that my writing has switched from writing in I to writing in you. I received a message. And following the message, I felt energy leave my body. And it was like I immediately dropped out of flow state and was back on earth in my office staring at this paper, totally freaked out because nothing like that had ever happened to me before. And the message had ended with a winky face, which probably should have helped me feel safe, but it was very scary for me because at this point, I wasn't really spiritual and didn't engage in practices to connect with anything else. And it felt almost like I was scared. I was like, I felt like I didn't give my permission away. And here I have a message about like what my purpose is on this earth. And this makes me very uncomfortable. (laughs) And I remember going down to my husband and my body, I was crying so hard. My body was just convulsing. And he was very confused because like I had woken up early. So he was sleeping. And then his wife who had maybe gone from atheist to agnostic, basically wakes him up convulsing about how an energy had, you know, come into her body and had left her a message about her purpose here on earth. (laughs) And I had a knowing, even as an agnostic, that there was something about early mornings and late nights that created closer connection for me to whatever that was, that sort of portal. And so I stopped journaling during those times because it scared me. It was this weird period where my soul had a hand on the steering wheel of what I was doing with my life, but my brain had another hand because I'd only lived with, right? Like I had never allowed my soul. It was the first time I was ever allowing it to come up and express, right? So my brain still had a very heavy hand on the steering wheel as well. And there was this constant push and pull. And because I was scared of what might come through me, if I opened myself again, I built up my own wall so the access couldn't come through but I still felt called to explore. And so I started looking for facilitators to spirit to come closer, but not have the direct connection because it was, it had felt a little bit too overwhelming for me at that point. And so one day I just had the idea to see a tarot reader. I had owned tarot cards as a kid, never actually learned to use them, but they always had a draw for me. Even though some of the conditioning I'd gotten from society had me pretty freaked out by witches or anything associated with them. But I found this woman. Shout out to Sister Temperance Tarot. She totally does virtual readings, and you can find her on Instagram at Sister Temperance Tarot. But at the time, this was pre-COVID. So she was doing in-person readings, and she owned a trailer that was parked in her super woodsy, witchy backyard area. And I was totally freaked out because at this point, I'm like a... I was parading around my life as a muggle, right? She had little altars in several places in the backyard and I could feel, y'all remember me and energy, right? Like I could feel this huge energetic shift the moment I came from her, from the street there. And there, of course she had this like amazing mystical hand at the doorway that you push in and the energy shifted so strongly, so potently almost immediately. And, you know, I was like, what is happening? This is a little uncomfortable. And I remember there was an area that looked like it was designed for rituals and group circles. And it was so foreign to me that even though the energy felt so good, it felt, I was scared, right? It felt so foreign. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have language for it. And I remember being like, I don't know if I should be here, (laughs) which is so funny thinking of now. Now I'm like, this, this backyard's amazing. Let me stay here forever. Right. But I stayed, right? I I let that inner impulse that I was having allow me to stay. 
And I went inside her tarot trailer and had a really interesting reading. But what really floored me came at the end. She basically offhandedly remarked that I was here to heal ancestral trauma in my mother's line. And at this point, I'd literally never even heard the words ancestral trauma. Now I know it's like a big thing that's regularly discussed in the spiritual space. I'd never heard those words before, let alone, right, that even someone in this generation can heal ancestral trauma. So my brain was a little bit broken (laughs) when she first suggested it. So she asked me how what I was doing was related to someone back in my mother's line. And there was that fog of confusion because I was being introduced to a concept I've never heard before. And then there was this moment of razor sharp clarity. My great grandmother, my Nana, had been born outside of New York City in 1910. She was one of the oldest of 13 children, the child of very poor Italian immigrants. And because she was one of the oldest children, her parents actually pulled her out of school at that time as a small child so she could go and peddle vegetables that they grew on the farm so that the family would have income. But my Nana was an amazing singer. She had a stunning voice. And as she went around peddling the vegetables, she would just be singing and she gained this reputation. Like Mary has a gift. Mary was meant to sing. And the voice of the community got so loud that her father, this poor Italian farmer that barely spoke English decided, I guess, upon the influence of the community to take my Nana into New York City to see, I suppose I don't know what this man, who this man technically was, but I suppose he was a voice coach and he heard my Nana sing and he was completely floored, like blown away, told my great, great grandfather that my Nana belonged at the front of the opera house. But as they looked at it, they were totally poor, could barely afford, right? Like they pulled their kids out of school selling vegetables, right? The cost of sending my Nana to take these opera lessons was not something that the family was up for. And they needed her home from school selling the vegetables. And pursuing a singing career totally came off the table at that time for my Nana. And My Nana carried the pain of that in her heart every day until the day she died. I remember she died when she was 102 and we would go to performances like the ballet or just whatever. And my Nana would be singing opera quietly under her voice the whole time. And she would tell that story so often of how she was supposed to be this thing. But she never broke free of the story once she got older. She just believed what her parents told her. She believed that it wasn't practical. She believed she wasn't supposed to do it, but it was so against what was her soul was dying to do. And she went to her grave with her song literally unsung. And she died with that dream in her heart. And I burst into tears then. And I'm crying now because I know I'm here to help as many people as possible escape that fate of going to their grave with their song unsung and their dreams unfulfilled. And after that, honestly, it felt that what had been a tiny hole cracked open and a stream started to flow through me. Like I was so on fire for the mission of helping others who were ready 
to escape the story of what they had been told was possible for them. The crack began to widen. I got on what I would lovingly now call my spiritual magic carpet ride, right? My mindset was totally on fire and I started to just listen to everything my soul was telling me. Like it definitely took the steering wheel. If I felt an impulse from my soul, I got really good at dropping out of the mental resistance, out of the mental chatter and doing it. And there was no goal beyond allowing myself to follow what I knew I was here to do, to follow what felt intuitive. I wasn't trying to force anything. I was open and curious and genuinely just in it for the journey. I knew I'm like, okay, I'm here for this. Let's do it. And I started meditating and I began to have intense visions and energetic experiences in my body. And then one night while meditating, I had a really intense experience where energy came pouring up my spine and intensely entered my head area so intensely that it felt like my brain might get sucked up out of my skull. <laughs> and I remember as I was like, cause I had some friends at this point who were like in the spiritual space. So I was like, maybe you know something about this. And I remember explaining to them, I'm like, it kind of feels like an alien spaceship was like above my head and it was trying to beam me up. And I was about to get like sucked out of my body. <laughs> And I had no idea what it was, but it was terrifying. So I stopped meditating because I was scared by the intensity of the direct connection that was available to me. Fast forward one week and my husband's grandfather passed away. So we headed to St. Louis for the funeral and we stayed with his uncle and his family at that time. And his uncle had gotten remarried about 10 years prior. And so I had gotten to know this woman a little bit over that 10 years. They had a vacation home in the Hamptons. So we would visit them there over the summer sometimes. When we would go to St. Louis other times, we would sometimes see them at family dinners. But we hadn't actually spent too much time within his home. And so this was the first time that I was sort of expanding out and just noticing like, oh, there's books here that I've never noticed before, books on energy, Reiki, ancient wisdom traditions. And when they would put their twin boys to bed, there would be this beautiful chanting music that would just come sort of drifting down from the boy's bedroom into the house. And it turned out she was deeply spiritual, like has spent a lot of time out in India in ashrams. But she'd just generally been pretty quiet about it because it was her own private spiritual practices that we were just sort of coming into from being in the fold of living in their house for that time while we were staying there. And I remember being in their house and just noticing these things that I never knew before, almost like this whole another layer of a human, right, that I had known for 10 years unfolding in front of me. And it just occurred to me that I was always meeting the right person at the right time. Like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And the moment I explained to her what the experience I had had been within my meditation, like that crazy energy experience, because, you know, I suspected she might know something after I saw those books on the wall. Her eyes got super wide and she disappeared into her library and she came back with no less than like a half dozen books on Kundalini and Kundalini awakenings. And I spent that weekend again exposing myself to a bunch of stuff that my rational mind felt very skeptical about, but that I couldn't desi like deny the feeling of being deeply drawn to it. 
And she had actually recommended that I seek out a guru in an ashram and told me all about Shaktipat, which is basically the transmission of spiritual energy from one person to another. I guess there are communities that spend years trying to activate their kundalini in intense spiritual practices. And here I was, this like spiritual dabbler who didn't even know what the chakra system was, having a kundalini awakening. And that time period was really intense for me, like a lot of really intense emotions and energy moving and clearing through my body. And it basically is known for expediting, bringing up all of your shit. It's like an ego death, right? So that you can surrender to your higher self. And you can really use yourself as a vessel for divine work on this earth. And my kundalini awakening was really when the stream became more like a gushing faucet. I had had this series of breadcrumb-like experiences, even though my intense judgment and resistance of them, right, kept having these experiences. And after that, I just decided that my only work as a mindset coach was to trust my inner knowing, that impulse that I was having, and to use mindset tools to clear out the judgment and the resistance, and to use my mindset tools to align my thoughts to the impulse and to the intuition that I had inside of me. Right? And I decided to start trusting intuitive nudges. Like one night I had a dream, and in it was a woman I had met once in a networking event in Austin. And the next day, I just had this feeling that I was supposed to do something with this woman who honestly, my brain didn't even like that much. <laughs> so I'm a little bit annoyed, but I'm like, okay, intuition. And I went to her Instagram and lo and behold, she had just announced a retreat here in Austin. So I went and during that retreat, there was this holotropic breathwork session. Now keep in mind, I'd never done any kind of breathwork. And then there I am on the ground breathing rapidly as my hands started twisting into this weird lobster claw shape that I couldn't control, which is apparently a temporary thing that can happen when you do holotropic breathwork. And then what came through in that breathwork session was all of the stuff that I mentioned earlier in the podcast about that woman, Claudia. I hadn't thought about that woman, Claudia, the spiritual woman that lived in the neighborhood where I lived growing up, I hadn't thought about her I years, decades, right? Like since I was really little and all of that came right up to the surface. All of my fear of being spiritual and being seen as crazy or being mentally unstable or being judged or it being unsafe. All of that came up in that session and was cleared, right? And so it just became this thing where I'm like, even if I get a nudge and my rational mind doesn't like it, I trust it. I trust that it's the next step for me to take, and I take it. I started listening to spiritual leaders of the 1960s instead of business podcasts. I started asking for guidance on something before I went to bed and waking up with the answer the next morning. I started listening to monks chanting. Sometimes it seems so innocuous and stupid. Like the other night, I was getting into bed, and then I just had a feeling that I was supposed to open a book. I recently received an early edition of Ram Dass's Be Here Now, and I was about to get in bed, and then I just received an impulse that I was supposed to open the book before I went to bed. So I got out of bed, and I opened the book. I can't tell you why. I can't explain it. But when I stopped feeling the need to explain it to myself before doing it, I started down a much more powerful path with my spiritual powers. So interesting. I actually remember on a much earlier podcast, I think it was my first launch evaluation, I mentioned to you guys on the podcast that I had an impulse to sweep my entryway before a launch. And a podcast listener then wrote to me and talked about how that's like, a very powerful, well-known feng shui practice. 
I have never studied feng shui. I didn't even know what feng shui was, right? And I'm sure I'm telling you guys things on this podcast that you're like, oh yeah, this ancient wisdom tradition does this, right? And it's like something that I am just like, if you just trust your intuition, it doesn't, it's, we're all channeling the same thing. It's all going to come through. And the more I use my mindset tools to just allow me to drop out of the mind and into the knowing, the more I was able to access and receive that intuitive guidance. And sometimes that guidance is super innocuous, like open a book before you go to bed. But sometimes it's really practical, like very clear guidance on what to say in my marketing and launches. And the more I ground into that, the more I began to understand the gift that I had always had within me of reading energy and moving energy from more than the lens of being emotionally intelligent. I was energetically intelligent. And in all my years of school and life, I'd never been given language around that. And as I started to understand my energetic intelligence, I became more and more able to discern between genuine energetic frequencies in the world and static, which is distortion of frequency. It's just like socially conditioned gobbledygook, right? And I began studying frequency through work with animal totems and archetypes and ancient wisdom tradition, gods and goddesses, and things you guys have heard me briefly drop on the podcast, but never deeply dive into before. But as I started thinking about the course, about what brand is, I realized that I couldn't do it without teaching you guys about energy. But I had had this block. Like, I believe that this was possible for me because I had always been energetically sensitive, very energetically intelligent, with or without spirituality. And then coming into spirituality just gave me the tools and the practices and the language to develop the gift. But it was sort of this belief, like, you either have it or you don't. And if you don't have it, I can definitely help you on the mindset front because everybody has a brain, but the energy was somehow something different. And then a few weeks ago, I was in one of my creative portals, which is basically an energetic space I create and drop into to channel content for my marketing. And it landed so clearly. This course, the brand Alchemy Accelerator, is digital Shaktipat. I have been given the gift of activating people into their life's work. I am a shepherd leading people into the dream economy, and this is the foundation level work for the higher level work we do of building demand and really accelerating your business growth in the Think Like an Entrepreneur Mastermind. The brand Alchemy Accelerator is literally the step-by-step energetic guide to dissolving the ego and surrendering into what you're here on this earth to do, to your purpose, with the business strategy and practical tools to actually ground that into something very tangible, very practical, like exactly what it looks like in your social media posts, exactly what it looks like in the Zoom space you're meeting your clients in, exactly what it looks like in the literal clothes that you're encoding and living in day to day. Are they representative of who you're here to be on this earth? But it's all going to start with energy, what it is, how to read it, how to access it, how to move it both for yourself and for your audience how to generate it within yourself and to never have to rely on someone else's validation of you to hold your own energy, right? And then how to energetically code your content, your wardrobe, and your Zoom space to create cohesion in your field. Because when there's cohesion in your energetic field, there is clarity. And when there is clarity, people buy. When there is cohesion in your energetic field, people come onto sales calls because they want to work with you, not someone who does that thing you do. 
In the marketing world, brand is often considered your look and feel, right? New entrepreneurs think it's their logo and their color palette choices. It's like one more decision to get wound up in and indecision over instead of a powerful tool to create energetic cohesion. And so you see this in the online space when people have perfect Canva templates and branded photos, but their internal world is a fucking mess. I can see it and identify the energetic distortion and point to exactly where it is, whether it's in the tone of their posts or the way someone's voice intonation changes when they make an offer. But for most people, they can't pinpoint it to exact that, exactly that level. They can only say that something feels off and they don't respond. Their intuition is clocking something that their rational mind isn't. This is why I think when I think about movies like Pleasantville or Stepford Wives, right? Like the whole thing about that is that even though everything looks a certain way on the surface, there's a felt experience that there's something else going out on behind the scenes, right? And when you watch movies like that, that is literally what it's speaking to, right? And so while I'll be talking to you guys in the coming weeks about the brand Alchemy Accelerator, all the fun results you'll create inside of it, the transformation available to you, I wanted to start it here. Because if there's anything I've discovered through my spiritual awakening, it's that magic is real and that I am a practical magician that has the unique ability to read and understand the energetic realms while having the mindset tools and business strategy that knows exactly how to ground that energy into real tangible things like clients and money and powerful social media accounts and energetically coded outfits and Zoom spaces. I don't want this gift to only be for me, kept in secret at my altar. I believe I'm here to help activate and amplify the gift in you. So check in right now on your impulse. What's that inner guidance telling you? And if it feels activating, if you feel a pull, I invite you to head to www.katherinemorrisoncoaching.com forward slash course to learn more. The course will formally launch on January 24th, but we put up a page now for those of you that know you want this gift for the holidays. So you can send the link to a loved one and they can purchase it for you as their gift for you for the holidays. And then you will be the first in line to get your login credentials on January 24th when the doors open. I can't wait to see you inside. Oh,